This morning, the message is entitled, Overcoming the Awkward. Look at your neighbor and say, you look pretty awkward. Well, uh, in the church world, uh, as I was uh, wrote down this message uh, for this title, Overcoming the Awkward, uh, when we first become a Christian, it seems awkward to confess to lifelong friends and family. As with anything new in our life, a job or a, attending a family reunion of a new boyfriend or girlfriend or all that, and, and the fear of rejection prevents us from openly declaring to the world our profession of faith. But just like going swimming, it's best just to jump in. Don't tiptoe test the water. Amen? It's best just to jump in with both feet, just like going swimming. If you stand there and t tip your toe down in the water, you'll yeah. chicken out and you'll sit on the on those sidelines and let everybody else swim and have a big yeah. time. You're better off to just yeah. go ahead and get on the diving board and jump on in, right? Sure. Amen. It's a lot easier just to yeah. jump in. So it's the same way with your Christianity. Don't uh, don't back up. Don't be bashful. Just jump in with both feet, and Jesus will be the one that protects you. He'll be the one that guides you. It's easy to profess our faith in a church building, mm -hmm. but he has called us to proclaim his name to the nations. Amen. Peter was bold at the Last Supper, but six hours later he denied knowing Jesus three times. Amen. Yes. So we can get a picture of this awkwardness that we feel whenever we're going out and talking to friends, family. Maybe it's a stranger at the supermarket. Maybe it's a uh, somebody you've never met for to bank, a new teller, and, and you walk up and Jesus is, is uh, applying his Holy Spirit to your heart and telling you, informing you to say something, to speak up for his name. And whenever you walk up, you get up there in the awkward feeling of how is this going to go or what should I say? Amen? Amen? Is that the way it is? So as we get up there, we have to make a decision, a rational decision. I'm going to do it no matter how awkward it feels. There's one. I'm going to do it no matter how awkward it feels. Amen. And Amen. Jesus is bigger than our awkwardness. And if we will just break the ice, he will give us the words to say. I really believe that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us and teach us the words to say to any person, anywhere, in any circumstance. So in, in thinking about this message, I, I thought about Peter and that rejection that he gave towards Jesus, that he denied him those three times. But I found in the book of Acts chapter 28, I want us to go there in Acts chapter 28, verses 28 through 31. This is uh, Luke, the physician, uh, writing the book of Acts. We studied it, wasn't too long ago, last year, went through the book of Acts. There's a lot of uh, good uh, doctrinal truths that we can pull from the book of Acts because it teaches us what the early church, the beginning church, uh, believed, how they acted the things they did. But these are the last verses of that book of Acts. So this is the final concluding factor in the church world as far as written in the word of God. It says, Therefore let it be known to you that salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in a rented home and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one 
forbidding him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this message. Lord, we know the awkwardness that we feel oftentimes in our life. And God, we just pray today that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us. Lord, that he would abide within us and give us the courage to stand up and speak out. Lord, when everybody else is backwards and, and going in a direction where they're bowing down to the things of this world, let us stand strong for our faith in you. Give us the courage to stand up and speak about truth and speak about what is right in a world where it's not desired to be heard. Father, help us today to overcome these obstacles. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. So as Apostle Paul, or Luke is writing here about the Apostle Paul, that he's spending these two years in a rented house to go back and study historically where this is at and what kind of uh, arrangement he is in as far as a society. You can study through history that uh, this is the, the season or the during the term of Nero. And Nero in uh, the Roman uh, lineage, if you go through and study about the Roman lineage and see that there was Caesar Augustus, there was these different types that, that the nation of Rome had went from being a republic, what we are today, that we, where we say the Pledge of Allegiance, we say a Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, right? So we are a republic as a nation today. Uh, a lot of people believe we're a democracy, but our founding fathers set us up as a republic. That's a different thing than a democracy. Sure, we got a right to vote, we're going to vote for our leaders, but we are a republic as a nation. Rome was once a republic as a nation as well, but it turned into an empire where that it would have an emperor that a certain individual would take over, would rule and reign for his life until he died. And there's all these different emperors that lived, uh, that lived up to this time, this point, that Roman Empire had been in the ground for a couple hundred years, and uh, this time, whenever the church is being birthed and, and Jesus is dying on the cross and all these different things are taking place in, in Judea, the place of Israel, the week common day that we would understand it in today's terms, uh, it was a region of the Roman Empire, and they held uh, the territory, but they allowed these different people that they would set a king up over, King Agrippa, for for instance, that you study about in, in Acts. So there was this, but the Roman emperor was the one in charge. He was the head of the United Nations, if you would want to say it that way in today's terms. So this emperor was an emperor that was narcissistic. He was uh, uh, self-absorbed. He was a person that would not allow uh, others to speak into his life. Uh, the way he came into power, uh, he was adopted by the previous uh, uh, emperor. And his mother talked this emperor into uh, adopting him as his son, Nero, as his son. And as this emperor adopted him, he uh, put his own son out of the path to the, become emperor and allowed Nero to take his place, Brutus. And as you see that Nero is in power, uh, the apostle Paul is going around and he's preaching the gospel all over the nation of Israel. He goes into this Gentile country, and we understand and know from today's writings and scriptures, the epistles that Paul wrote, that he was for sure in Philippi, which is in modern-day Israel. He went to Galatia and planted churches. We know where that's at, the region of Galatia. It's upper parts of Turkey going all the way up into some of the stands that we would see on today's map. 
So Paul goes all over the, the known world at that time preaching about Jesus and declaring Jesus to be the risen Son of God, the Christ, amen, the Messiah of the Jewish people. He did preach to the Jews first, but he would also go to the Gentiles. Amen. It should be easy to preach to Jews, but Jews didn't want to hear that Jesus was king. Amen? They didn't want to hear that, or they didn't want to listen to that. So as Paul would go, he learned this ability to overcome the awkward. Amen? The more you profess your faith in Jesus Christ, the easier it becomes. The more you would declare openly to your friends, family, loved ones, neighbors, or even the strangers, the more you profess your faith, the more you declare your faith, Amen. the easier it becomes. Amen. It's just like anything else in life. Uh, the first time you went to a family reunion, maybe of your boyfriend or girlfriend, I remember when Leslie and, and me first was uh, uh, talking and riding around and, and all that, that she went to our family reunion with me because she's pretty fond of food. She likes going and eating food, so she overcome her fear because we was going to have, you know, this family reunion. So Leslie comes down with me, and I pull up in the truck, and, and, you know, we pull down in there and get out, and I don't even remember if we brought anything. Usually we don't. We just eat off everybody else. We're kind of that kind of people. That's who we are. So mom cooks enough for all of us. We don't have to worry about that. So as we pull in, we get out and walk down there, and everybody's like, who's this? And she has to start talking to people, right? It's kind of awkward. She didn't know anybody there. She'd never been to Lewis County before. And here she's sitting on Pine Lake at a family reunion for men in my family. She didn't know anybody. But she overcame her awkward because the food was there. You have to have a drawing force, right, to get to overcome. So in her Christianity, it's that way. And I believe that what I could say best about it and what I've been pondering all night long, because this message has kind of got me, uh, my head is bouncing around like a ping pong because I couldn't really settle on what I want to use as a scripture. And I picked last night, and usually I don't wait that long, but this scripture really stands out to me that Paul was able to preach even in this place of Rome, under Nero. So the way Leslie overcome her fear, her awkwardness to get to the food was, I'm going to go anyway. It's a passion for the food, right? So what if we overcome our fear by preaching the way Paul did in a world that didn't want to hear it, by overcoming our fear by having passion for something? I really believe this. If I am passionate about Jesus Christ and his salvation that happened inside of my heart, and I believe it to be true, I have faith that can overcome mountains, if I could just start the process of overcoming that awkward, I could be a salvation uh, preaching machine just like anybody else in Scripture. Amen? Amen? Amen. He said, it, from the mouth of babes and suckling, I have perfected praise. That's what the Word of God says. And Jesus said, let all the little children come unto him. I'm glad for our church that we can allow little kids to go and walk around and, and take up the offering. And, and sometimes they can't even carry it, but they'll get up here and do it. But that is important to the church. I believe that we got to allow children to come. Amen? we got to allow kids to cry. It's okay. Amen? It doesn't bother me at all. I am grateful when I hear a child crying because in, in, in a church I once attended, they said that's the sound of life. Amen? It's a sound, a sign of life in the church. So by overcoming fear, I believe you need passion. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe you need some passion. Need some passion. Amen. Passion. Yes. Passion for the Lord Jesus Christ passion for his word, and in this fast that we're in, I believe really what intensifies is our passion for God. 
Amen. Just like Dusty quoted a while ago, if we will draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. So if, as I'm thinking about this, that we're overcoming this awkwardness, the more passionate we come about Jesus, the more we'll talk about it. Amen. Because there are certain passions that people have. If they're passionate about it, they'll talk about it. Amen. If you don't believe me, ask Amy about essential oils. She's passionate about it. She gets on Facebook, sits there, and, and Alex gets up behind her. I've seen one there. I watch them usually just because I'm just nosy like that. But Alex is crawling around behind her head, and she's trying to sell essential oils or whatever. This is not a, a if I if you get any more calls today and get any money coming out, farther revenue comes this way. I, this is like an ad or a plug, okay? So everybody's got passions, though, right? If you don't believe, go over to Greg's house. You, you'll, you'll see something over at Greg's house that will make you think, man, he's pretty passionate about that. Has anybody ever been to Greg's? You know what it is then, don't you? Anybody that's ever been there knows what it is. It's Santa Claus. It's year-round. He's got a whole room dedicated to Santa Claus and all the rest of the house, too. But it's that real that one room. And he was telling a story. I was over there the other day, and he said this one lady come in, and she's like, Greg, you don't have a collection. You have a museum. Everybody say, that's passion. Amen. That's passion about something. And there's nothing wrong with having passions about different things like that. I, I, I've got passions that I, I love uh, uh, my work, really. I, I'll, I'll sit around and dig through stuff. That, and for something I don't know about my job, I'll dig in and try to learn something new. My passion is really for education. I was telling one of the apprentices there the day at work whenever they was talking, and, and it, usually it's a dread for an apprentice. It's like, I can't wait for this to be over. They only got to go four years of school, but it's like, I cannot, just like college kids, they can't wait for it to be over. Wishing their life away so that education can be done so they can go and live life, they think. And I, I was talking to them and telling them, there's never been a year since I've graduated high school that I haven't sat through a class and taken a different certification of some kind I've been a lifelong learner. Amen. I'm 41 years old, and there's never been a year yet that I wasn't in a class trying to learn something new. That's my passion, is for new, to understand and, and think about things more. My passion for God. I, I hope and pray that I have a passion for Jesus, and someday whenever I stand before him, he ain't going to say, well, you cared more about your work than you did me. Amen? Yeah, sure. Our passions can be misaligned, so we've got to be careful. So, Greg, you can't think about Santa Claus more than God, even though St. Nick's a pretty good dude. He, he done a lot of good things and helped a lot of kids and still does. You know, for hundreds of years later, here he's still handing out uh, gifts to all these kids. Nothing wrong with your passions. But I believe we need to be passionate about the gospel of Jesus. Amen. If the world is going to die and go to hell, should our awkwardness prevent them from hearing that's as simple as I can put it. Should our awkwardness be the barrier that prevents somebody from hearing about Jesus and end up dying and going to hell? That's as plain as I can put it. It may sound like, well, Pastor Ben, you're putting a lot of weight on my shoulders. No, I'm not. Jesus is. Amen? amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Everybody say, I love you, Pastor Ben. All right, I just want to make sure. I didn't want to walk out of here, you know, unlovable or something. But as Jesus left this earth, he told his disciples, he told his apostles, he told those 500 that was standing there that witnessed his resurrection, 
As they were stand gazing into heaven, he said, Why do you stand gazing into heaven? This angel did. He declared to them, This same Jesus will take away from you, shall return again and receive you unto himself. And also in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, Go throughout all the world, preach the gospel of the kingdom to every nation, to every tribe, to every tongue. There is not anybody on this planet that doesn't deserve to hear about Jesus. Amen? No matter what kind of culture they're in. Because the Apostle Paul could have stepped back and said, you know what? I'm a Jew by birth. I think I'll just hang out with the Jews. It'd be like us today. It'd be like, well, I was born a Caucasian, so I'll never talk to those people that's Oriental because they're different than me. I'm never going to talk to an Oriental about Jesus because they're, they're not white like me. Amen? Or we have this mindset, I can't talk to these African Americans because they're different than me. They're a different color than me. And I'm not really sure that heaven's going to have any of them. Amen. Amen. You see how crazy that sounds? That the kingdom of God and Jesus' death on the cross is for every tribe and nation under the sound of his voice when he's declared that. And he's the one that created the earth. He knows every tribe, every tongue that there was on the planet at that time. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, go and tell them about me. Amen. And basically, he was saying, have some passion for this power that I'm giving you. Paul took that literal. Sometimes we read the Bible and think it's about everybody else. When we ought to read it and think, that's for me. Amen? Amen? Whenever we look at it and it says that all sin and come short of the glory of God, when we think, well, that's everybody. You know, everybody else is sin. They've come short of the glory. No, me. Amen. If Jesus is telling his disciples there in Matthew chapter 28 to go in all the world nations and, and preach about the kingdom of God, if he's telling them that, he's telling you that. Amen. There's no respect of persons with God. He cares just as much about you as he did the apostle Paul sitting here in this prison cell writing the gospels the, or the epistles that we have today in the New Testament, and this overcoming awkward. Paul would preach to them, even though Nero, this emperor, was a crazy madman that was a maniac, basically, Paul kept preaching even though he knew it meant his imminent death. That would be a good time to shut up, wouldn't it? If you were sitting in a jail cell, in custody, and you knew that the, that the guy that was in charge, that the judge, the Supreme Court, per se, of the time, was, had the ability to, to sentence you to death or let you go free, and you kept preaching because that was the thing you were sitting in there for in the first place. Yeah. Amen? That's a good time to feel pretty awkward and be like, you know what, I think I'm just going to step back from this passion thing, and I'm just going to wait a little bit and go see. But Paul didn't have that. He had a driving force within him that said, I'm going to preach no matter where I'm at. And when he sent back all these epistles that we read through today, all these churches, the Galatians, the Ephesians, the Philippians, the Colossians, and Thessalonica, all these churches that Paul wrote these epistles back to was from a jail cell in bondage under Nero, and he wrote these letters to the churches to encourage them. How much passion is that? Whenever you could be sitting in a jail cell for preaching about Jesus and still write letters and have them smuggled out, amen, to churches all over that you planted and to bring encouragement to other people. That's pretty passionate, right? Amen. I want that kind of passion. I want that kind of drive, don't you? I wish that I had that context of, of what was going on here. I don't want to be in prison. I'm not saying that today. I don't want to go there. Sorry. Uh, I'm not going to volunteer for that. 
If they take me, they take me, though. Amen? If, if my faith means the difference of recanting my faith or standing up for my faith in this land that we live in, America, if it comes down to that, I'm going to stand by my faith. I don't want to be a wishy-washy Christian that's just in the good times. Now, I've been around church long enough to know that there's good times and there's bad times. Amen? Amen. And there's people that will come in during the bad times and they'll come into the church and they'll give their life to God and God will start fixing things and rearranging their life and, and begin doing things in their, in their family and their home. And whenever everything begins to go good, everybody drifts away and they're like, well, I got all that took care of. Amen. I've been around church long enough to see it. We don't just come to God in the bad times. We hang with him in the good times too. Amen? Amen. Just like Blessing was talking about the mountains and valleys a while ago. That's important to understand. We can praise him in the mountain. We can praise him in the valley. Amen? King David, he would stand on the mountain and give glory to God. Or if he was standing down in front of Goliath, he'd give glory to God. Either way, God's getting the glory for what he's doing in my life. So today, overcome the awkward. Look at your neighbor and say that. Overcome the awkward. What this is, the ability to have faith to stand up in a bow-down society. How many believes that our country is changing? Not for the better, but for the worse. This country is changing. It's shifting right under our feet. Indifference is rampant throughout the land. I looked up the word last night, indifference. Kept just resounding in my head. Indifference. Indifference. Indifference means in, means not. You don't care, basically. That's what indifference is. Just doesn't matter. What about elections? I, I just won't vote. How many people have you heard that's been lifelong people that are so political that said, I'm just absolutely sick of politics and I won't vote anymore? It's indifference. Indifference is running rampant in our land. And the indifference is that it just don't matter anymore. But what I was praying, when I was praying for this message last night is, I don't want to let indifference of the world infect the church. Amen. 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 That it doesn't matter anymore whether we preach about Jesus or we don't. Let's all just hang on to glory and wait till we get to go home with it. Don't worry about nobody else. Let's just hang on ourselves. Amen. The minute you go in maintenance mode, you're losing ground automatically. So I looked up this word indifference, and it was showing back in the 1800s, 1700s, how much the word was used in, in general conversation. Today, you don't hardly hear it. The word indifference has went downhill so much. But just because the word isn't being used anymore doesn't mean that it's not in the heart of people. They just don't know the word to use it. Amen? Amen. Indifference. Everybody say it with me. Indifference. So hopefully by us learning that word and, 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 and hearing that word, that it becomes something that we look at and say, I don't want to become indifferent to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want to have a lack of concern about the welfare of those outside of here. Amen? Of the general population in Lewis and Grant counties in eastern Kentucky, I want to be caring, passionate Christian that declares my faith openly that doesn't look at it as an obstacle but I look at it as an opportunity 
Amen? Amen. It's not an obstacle. It's an opportunity. How many opportunities have we given up where God wants us to take advantage of the situation? Amen. And we stand there in our awkwardness and say, no, sure. I'm not speaking up today. Amen. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to let that person not hear about Jesus because I'm too worried about my awkwardness. I think this is a reality, church. I think this is real to us. Yes, it is. God can not more, not cheesy. <laughs> Amen. I'm not telling you to be a cheesy Christian. How many know something then? If you don't know one, maybe it's you. <laughs> don't be a cheesy Christian. But you can't be a cheesy Christian. There's a couple comes to mind. Not in here, not here, thankfully, Bethesda. I, had, I was pulling up some videos and wanted to show them. The, there's some YouTube videos. I'll share them after a while of, of some pretty cheesy stuff that the church has done. One of them was a breakdancer in the 90s doing breakdancing. Breakdancing had been, went, went out in the 80s, but here he is breakdancing in the 90s thinking it's cool in the church. Craig said, back her life, he might have been a breakdancer. I don't know. Sorry, brother, if you breakdancer and didn't, didn't have that. <laughs> If, if he was, I'd wake you up and do some spins or something. Um, overcoming the awkward. Overcoming the awkward. Don't be a cheesy Christian. The word I thought about the most was about my faith. And thank you for this message because faith is what will allow you to overcome. Absolutely, faith will allow you to overcome. And as uh, think about that, there's a, a chapter in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, and they call it the Hall of Faith. It lists Abraham, it lists Samson, it lists all kinds of people in Hebrews chapter 11, and they call it the Hall of Faith. It was the champions that stood up when others bowed down. It talks about David, it talks about all kinds of them. And it even says in the end of it that there was people sawn asunder Saul and two because they stood up for the gospel. Hebrews chapter 11. But in thinking about faith, there's somebody here and I, I want Sister Betty to come up here. Sister Betty is one of those people of faith. And it's a, I think it's a gift of faith. That it's beyond just the ability to believe. She believes in impossible things. And she faced uh, cancer a long time ago. And I just want you to share the story with the church. you got to hold this real close up so they can hear it, okay? Amen. So, Amen. About your healing and faith to overcome. Amen. Okay. In um, 1974, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. I wasn't a Christian, but I stood and looked out the hospital window and I said, Lord, if I die, who's going to raise my two babies? Because my two children were like two and four years old. So it goes on and then in 1979, I got saved. And um, I prayed for God to heal me of cancer. And if you never faced cancer, never battled with cancer, you know, it's devastating. And, um, but I had faith to believe that God was going to heal me. And he healed me of cervical cancer 
I'm here today because God healed me. Because cervical cancer, sometimes you don't even make it six months with cervical cancer. But after I got saved, I don't know what happened, but I had such faith Amen. that, and I prayed with authority. I would lay hands on myself and declare my body to line up with the word of God. And my body lined up with the word of God because God healed me. Then in 19, or 2014, I had pre-breast cancer. And um, I had surgery for that. Then of October of 2016, or 2014, I was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. So today, they're saying I have bone marrow cancer, but I'm believing I don't have. Because it, it, every time I go to the doctor, it's never active. He says it's there, but it's not active. But anything can be there. You know what I'm saying? But you have to have faith to believe that God will heal us. If we give in to that disease, we're not going to be healed. I, you know, we can't give in to the devil. We can't. Amen. And I laid hands on my, myself just this past week. And that's what I told Ernie. Because they told me I was a diabetic. I'm not a diabetic. Amen. I laid hands on myself and declared my body to line up with the word of God. Amen. We can do that. We can lay hands on ourselves. When there's yes. nobody else around yes. to pray for us, Amen. we can lay hands on ourselves and Praise declare God. it to be so. Amen. And I laid hands on myself and declared that I would be healed yes. of cancer. I'm going to die when my time comes. Amen. But I am not going to die of cancer. I stand here today to tell you that I am not going to die of cancer. I have enough faith to believe that my God Amen. is a healing God. But when it's my time to go, I'm going to go because of old age. It's not going to be because of cancer. Amen. And all it takes is a, a faith as grain as a mustard seed. Yes. And we can say to this mountain, whatever the mountain is in your life, you can say, be thou removed and cast it to the Amen. sea. And it has Amen. to be cast into the sea. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful today that I serve a healing God. Yes. I'm not nobody. I'm not better than anybody. But God loves me just as much as he loves you and he would do for you as he's done for me. Just have faith. That's all you have to do is have faith. Amen. It's just a, a, a reality of where we're at, and the Bible is full of places that talks about laying on of hands. It, it's all over the New Testament. In Hebrews, it talks about uh, laying on of hands as a a, uh, a doctrine of laying on of hands. And I believe in it wholeheartedly. I believe in laying on of hands. I believe in anointing with oil. The Scripture teaches us to, if there's any sick among you, let them call to the elders of the church, let them anoint them with oil, pray the prayer of faith, and they were, they'll save the sick. That's what it says. It's in uh, James. It tells us that. So uh, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I believe that Paul sent forth handkerchiefs and apron from Paul in uh, Acts chapter 19, I think it is, and people were healed just by receiving part or piece of the garment that Paul would wear because the anointing of God was on his life, and it would transfer even through clothing, instruments of clothing, the anointing of God, because it's a, a touch. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not a snake oil salesman. I'm telling you, it's the power of God. It is nothing, it's not witchcraft, it's not anything else, it's not sorcery. It is the power of God present through the anointing to break yokes in your life. So I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what kind of battles is going on in every home in this room. But I'm here to tell you, it's overcome the awkward. And if you're sick, yeah. 
Pray for yourself. Amen. If you're sick and need us to pray, we'll be glad to pray yes. for you. If you're home and you're sick and you can't make it to us or we can't make it to you, Amen. you're just as viable with God as we are. Yes. Amen. Yes. I believe he hears you just as much as he hears me. I believe he hears you just as much as he does the Pope. Amen? Amen. We're all the same in the kingdom of God. Peter overcome his awkwardness. I started this message out by saying that Peter was there, and he denied Jesus three times, and he kicked himself all throughout his life about denying Jesus in the moment of truth. But just a short time later, in Acts chapter 2, it says Peter stands up and he preaches his first sermon. The first sermon the church ever heard in Acts chapter 2. And Peter preaches a sermon about Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection for the sin of mankind. And it says 3,000 people came to the Lord Amen. that day. Amen. Everybody say that's a miracle. 3,000 people in a single service there on the stage heard the gospel and uh, obeyed it. And became Amen. Christians that very day. Peter overcome his awkwardness for you. <clears throat> what if Jason could preach a message somewhere and 3,000 people get saved because he overcomes his awkwardness? To get to witness him do that there the night was pretty amazing. Because we've never called on Jason to do anything. And I'm not trying to make him feel ashamed right now or nothing. I'm just telling you. When he gave his uh, uh, testimony down there the other night for his devotion, it was amazing. It really was. And appreciate as your pastor I appreciate because he always says he wants to stand up and he did and there was people standing there that usually don't hear and he got opportunity to do that let's see if you'll play for the altar call let's all stand Amen. and I just want us to think about this awkwardness thank you sister Betty for yes. sharing I want everybody here, if you just uh, bow your head and close your eyes. No looking around. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and don't make accepting him anything hard. It's real, really a simple thing. Romans says if you accept, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you confess with your mouth, that you shall be saved. If you're here in this place today and you're saying, Ben, I listen to you hear talk, hear you talk about Jesus all the time, but I've never accepted him. I've never personally stated or confessed that I believed in him. But today is the day I want to make that a reality. I'm tired of this awkwardness of thinking I'll do it again later. And I want today to be the day that I'll make him Lord of my life. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to follow him. Is there anybody here to lift your hand and say, that's me. Today's the day where I'm changing directions. I'm following him. Anybody here? Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Today's the day that I'm stating I believe in him. And I'm going to trust him with the rest of my life. I'm ready to overcome this awkwardness. I'm going to follow him. 
I want everybody here to just pray this prayer with me. Everybody say, Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent. I want to follow you. Lead me where I shall go. And I will follow you for the rest of the days of my life into eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That prayer has revolutionized countless millions, even billions of lives throughout the past 2,000 years. If you just bow your head one more time, I just want to ask the Christians in this room. Is there anybody in this room to say, Pastor Ben, I'm that awkward when you're talking about and sometimes I find it hard to stand up for Jesus. And I want to pray today for some boldness. I want to become more bold and witness for him. Amen. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. There's hands all over the room. Anyone else needing more boldness to stand up for him? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Still people raising hands. Anybody else? Amen. Thank you, brother. Anybody else? The Bible says if we ask for faith, we will receive it. The disciples even once asked Jesus and told him, said, increase our faith, Lord. I believe this boldness comes through faith. Today, I believe this word of the Lord is to us that we are breaking down our indifference. And we're saying, you know what? I really need to care more because my awkwardness shouldn't prevent somebody from getting to heaven. So I want to pray for you right now that you would receive boldness in a greater measure and faith than you've ever had. Faith to move mountains, as Betty talked about. The faith to pray for the sick and truly believe that they can recover. Faith that will move mountains. Father, I thank you for our congregation of Bethesda. Lord, I'm grateful for this group of people that's assembled here today. And God, for all these people in this place today that said they're willing to witness for you. Lord, they're willing to stand up for your word. Lord, that they're ready in this season of their life to overcome this awkwardness. And ready, they're, they're ready just to lay down their life for you, God. Just as the Apostle Paul did. Nero ended up killing him, God. But you accepted Paul into heaven at that very moment, in that very instant. And God, I pray for the people in this room, if we ever encounter that situation, God, where we've got to stand for you, even though it means death. God, give us the power. Give us the faith. Give us the boldness to stand up, no matter what the circumstances are. In Jesus' name I pray. Let every person receive that faith in this place today. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Amen.